We're halfway there. Almost to the regular season, man. I sound like Cheech and Chong. Welcome to the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Caddy of the show, Armando Salguero. Hello, star of the show, Adam Beasley. Okay, so uh, behind the curtain, we're taping this on Tuesday. What is it, the 26th? Uh, that means that we are 16 days away from NFL football. The Chiefs and the Texans, is that correct? That opening night uh, is Thursday in two weeks. That is incredible. I gave you a I gave you a grand opening to tell Cheech and Chong jokes, and you just <laughs> you just decided you didn't want anything to do with that. You know that that's a that's a generation removed. If you wanted to make a half baked reference, I'd probably get that one. Hey Ons, hey Ons, what's up, Beasley? Hey Ons, when I think of Cheech and Chong, isn't the War Song uh, Low Rider? Isn't that there's some kind of connection with them? That's, uh, that's what yeah. That's what that's what comes to mind when I hear Cheech and Chong. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, there's a generational gap between you and I. <laughs> anyone, anyone, anyone born after 1985 right now is saying, "What the hell are these idiots talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, let, let's discuss that real quick, okay? So, uh, you know, I was born in 1962, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I am aware that there were years. Before 1962, I know what happened in 1945. <laughs> I, I know what happened in, in the 60 election. I am aware of what happened in Cuba in 1959. What the hell? You, you know what's a really, I agree with you completely. You know what's a really fun exercise? Okay, you were born in 1962. Uh, so your, 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 your heyday of music was probably like the late 70s, early 80s. That's, that was your jam. Is that right? The 80s and the, and the early 90s, yes. yes. Okay. All right. So let's just say 1985 for a good jumping off point. Uh, uh, kids that were your age in 1985, like, w- your music to them is like the, the, the you know, the, the big band. You know, no, no, the big, to me? no, the big band music to you. I mean, that's, that's how far we are removed from the kids. The kids are are, are are puppies. I mean, there there are players on the Miami Dolphins that were born 1999. I get 1999. It. There's I get there's, it. there's still a 20 year old on the roster. I, I thought. Think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I think Austin Jackson's only 20 years old. That that blows my mind. Well, I just got to tell you, I liked Benny Goodman. I didn't think he was as good as Tommy Dorsey. There Glenn you Mil- go. Glenn there Miller you. had a certain gift, but Les Brown, that was the man. Les Brown. <laughs> Wasn't that a Dolphins tight end? Wasn't that his name, Les Brown, the uh, the, the per-use guy on the Cardinals? The per-use. <laughs> yeah. The guy that ran like a 4-4 or something at tight end. Yeah, and, uh, but couldn't block to save his life, right? <laughs> Speaking of which, hey, have you noticed anything about Micah Sticky lately? He can't block to save his life? Um, we're not supposed to, hint, hint, talk too much about depth charts, but I, I, I don't know if he's the number one tight end right now. I don't know, I don't anything know. about this. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> I don't, right now you have said... A thousand, maybe two thousand uh, legions of fantasy owners scurrying to change their team or to change their draft. 
Look, they're go- you're going to see plenty of Mike Kosicki in 2020. He's going to line up in the slot a lot, mainly because they don't have a slot receiver anymore because they all uh, they opted out. So you're going to see him get a, a fair number of snaps. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if we look at the end of the year snap count for the Miami Dolphins and Durham Smythe has more snaps than Mike Kosicki. Would you be surprised by that? <laughs> If that happens, something went terribly wrong. <laughs> now, hey, Smythe had like five touchdowns today. He was bowling. More tight, yeah, but more tight end snaps, perhaps. Okay, but not more snaps. If that's the deal, then Chan Gailey has lost his ever live in mind. He's like, no, no, Chan, no, no. Today was the first day. This is this was day number seven. We watched. Today was the first day that they actually targeted tight ends. Like, like the first six days, we were saying, okay, big gainer to Devontae, big gainer to Preston Williams. Hey, look, there's Isaiah Ford making a play. Hey, they're even throwing chunk plays to Malcolm Perry. Where's Mike Kosicki? Where's Durham Smythe? Where's Shaheen? What's Shaheen's first name? I forget. I don't know. <laughs> where's Shaheen? Chicago Bears. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Where's Mr. Adam. Shaheen? Adam. Yeah. Yes. Adam. Adam. <laughs> How could I have forgotten that? Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't, again, to be, not be surprised if they are not particularly tight end heavy because that has been the history of Jan Gailey offenses. Well, I think I read that somewhere in um, – perhaps it was in the Miami Herald and that throughout Jan Gailey's history as, a, as an offensive coordinator in the NFL, there's been one tight end – that had a spectacular season under that Changeli offense. His name was Tony Gonzalez, <laughs> who had spectacular years before and spectacular years after and is in the Hall of Fame. And everyone else has kind of been, you know, uh, a 25 to 28 catch type of person in the Changeli offense. That's yeah. how it worked. And yeah. we're only talking 40 years worth of, of, you know, you know, facts. <laughs> He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if uh, who has more catches this year. And this would be a fun prop bet. Uh, Mike Kosicki or Isaiah Ford? Oh, it's going to be Ford. Really? Well, I mean, everybody's healthy? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, this, this, isn't, this isn't injury. Like, if you get 16 games out of the entire roster, which, of course, isn't going to happen, I, I think Ford's going to be targeted more. I agree. I just agreed with you, and you said, really? <laughs> I was so surprised. We like to fight on this podcast. <laughs> like, I can't even take yes for an answer, damn it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and oh, by the way, uh, now that we've raised the, the, the subject, um, look at the wide receiver room. You see the wide receiver room in your sights? You got it in your sights? Uh, I, I have it in my brain. So, Devontae Parker, mm-hmm. right? Um, let's see, Isaiah Ford, Jaquin mm-hmm. Grant, mm-hmm. Preston Williams. Mm-hmm. Those are, I guess, the first four. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? Correct. None of those have an injury history. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, look, they're, go- they're going to have to. I mean, they have the number five uh, waiver claim spot. They're going to have to claim a wide receiver or trade for one. 
in the next two weeks. They're going to have to uh, because, I mean, I think Malcolm Perry is a promising player. I think he's a gadget player right now. I think you could put him on the field for maybe 10, 12 snaps a game, maybe see him a little bit in the return game. There's some things you can do with him. Uh, but uh, I think they need six receivers just because of the, the point you just made because they were probably they were probably planning on having six receivers before the two opted out. And the battle for the sixth spot is now the battle for the fourth spot. Um, I, you know, I, I think they were going to keep uh, Devontae, Preston, Allen, Albert, Jakeem, and, and you know, maybe Malcolm, maybe Isaiah Ford. Uh, those were, that was probably going to be the competition. Now I think all those guys are definitely on the team, and they still need to find somebody else. Let me tell you who it's going to be. Okay. Matt Collins. You think you've so? Not, I've, you've not heard this name because Matt Collins – you know, is not a name that a lot of people recognize. He played for Philadelphia in 2017. He, uh, you know, he, he started zero games. And, um, you know, he was there with the Dolphins last year for four games and Philadelphia for 12 games. He's making a lot of plays in practice. Yes. He's, he's, he's a big receiver. He, what is he, 6'4"? You're going to make me pull up the roster now, aren't you? He's 6'4". Um, <laughs> Someone has the roster in front of them. <laughs> with his afro, he's 6'6". He's like, he's, the man's got the best hair on the team. If you put Matt Collins' hair atop Fitzpatrick's beard, you've got, <laughs> you've got freaking Grizzly Adams or the Wolfman. It's It's amazing. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, there's there's an excellent chance that Mac makes this team. Uh, Gary Jennings is a player that we were supposed to see come on. He really hasn't done anything. Ricardo Lewis has flashed here and there. Chester Rogers seems to be Tua's favorite target. I mean, uh, if, if Tua's throwing the football, it's either to Malcolm Perry or Chester Rogers, which, you know, I guess, spoiler alert, speaks to the kind of players that Tua's been practicing with, the caliber of players. Um but none of those guys are inspiring, right? None of those guys are like, ah, yeah, man, that, that, that's a dime in the rough. They could really have something. You're looking for, I mean, Perry we don't know, but you're really looking for a guy that break glass in case of emergency, you need to throw him out there as your number three if two guys get hurt in the game. Uh, and if that's the case, you're probably running the football a lot anyway. Mac Hollins, fourth year out of North Carolina, I believe. I'm, I haven't looked at it. Yes, it is. North Carolina – He's my favorite. I like him. Do you want to uh, do you want to place a wager? Do I get the field? You get Mac Hollins, and I get the rest. <laughs> so you would get, uh, let's see, Kirk Merritt, Matt yeah. Cole, mm-hmm. Gary Jennings, Chester Rogers, and Ricardo Lewis. Correct. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, I like this bet. We'll probably know the results in two weeks, right? <laughs> Yes, we will because oh. we're at the halfway point of okay, the well, uh, training camp. Here, here's something crazy. Uh, Flo mentioned this, and we got to get the break in a second, but uh, before we do, uh, Flo mentioned this in passing today, but it blew my mind. He said, that, yeah, it cuts are just around the corner. And he's right. They are 11 days away. Like, they have to have their 53-man roster in 11 days. That is insane. We just, we just met this team. How... how Okay, you're a coach. You're Chris Greer, the GM. How in the hell do you make a real reasonable evaluation on these guys based on seven padded practices? Uh, well, it's 14, no? I okay. Mean, they but, do have seven more left. 
But he did say we have a pretty good idea already. Well, I, mean, I have a pretty good idea already. I just don't <laughs> know that it's any good. <laughs> I, I suppose these people have an idea that's a little bit better than mine. But, I mean, it's not that hard, right? And another thing, Adam, you're going to cut a bunch of guys and then bring them right back to the practice squad because the practice squad numbers like 14 this year. Is that right? Or 16? I think it's like 80. <laughs> Very good. There it is. Yeah, I think anyone who's cut can come back on the practice squad. Uh, I, I do believe it's either 14 or 16. I think 69 is the number that teams can be at. Right. And the practice squad is allowed to have veterans. Yes. And the practice squad, there are no, you know, there are no issues with, uh, you know, coming up the day before. You can bring a guy up. The day of the game, so uh, because of the COVID situation, so we're going to have a lot of practice squad shenanigans. Oh yeah, you will see Bill Belichick week one make like five different roster changes an hour before the game. <laughs> like they're going to they're going to announce their. I, I think it's forty seven this year. I think you get forty seven on your active. I might be wrong, but I think it's forty seven. Um, and you're going to see five guys on that forty seven that were on the active roster three hours before the game starts. So uh, let's take a break here because I've got some a major important question I need to ask you on the other side of this break. Here's my major important question that will determine the fate of the Miami Dolphins in the 2020 NFL season. Are you ready? I'm Are you ready. ready. I'm ready. Is this a good offensive line or a Miami Dolphins in the recent past offensive line? Oh, I thought you were going to say, is this a good offensive line or a great offensive line? Because right now we've been seeing quite good offensive line play. I mean, they, 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 they had a couple of issues today, but it wasn't anything major. It was just some blitz identification pickups that they, they need to work on. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Hear me out. They got beat by numbers today, not, not by, by ability. Fair? When well, the sack, is the, the safety, the, oh, Agreed. Agreed. And they'll need to get better at that. But it's not like – I mean, Agba had a good practice today. But uh, it's not like he is consistently just destroying uh, the, the, the tackles he faced, which I can't say because it would give away their depth chart. But you have a good idea if you know how well, to well, read. Wait, 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 wait. It doesn't give away their depth chart. Everyone knows that Jesse Davis is the incumbent right tackle, correct? Correct. Okay. He's the incumbent right tackle. And 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 we know we all know that Julian Davenport's not going to be the week one starter. So if you want to use your imagination, who else it might be? Who else it might be? Austin going. Jackson. Correct. Yes. Okay. So so th- those those guys have have held their own against two pretty good ends. Like Agba and and, and Shaq Lawson are they're they're established real NFL defensive ends, which the Dolphins didn't have last year. And so uh, I've been encouraged. The pass pro has been okay. Hasn't been great. The run blocking has been excellent. I mean, excellent. They, uh, I, I was my, I had to pick my job off the table today, Armando, because Kalen Balaj was running free in the secondary. I mean, he looked like Dale Sayers out there, and it was because the offensive line was mauling guys, and of course they're going to maul guys. The, the 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 five of them combined are almost seventeen hundred pounds. I mean, there is so much beef there. So I, I think they've telegraphed what they want to do today. They, they want to do in 2020. They want to destroy guys up front 
run the football, and be a play-action pass football team. And I think they have the personnel to do it. I don't know. I don't know who Gale Sayers is because <laughs> he was born before 1962. And so I have no clue who Gale Sayers is. I just don't know. I think you do because he is in a club that you vote on the membership. Oh, the Hall of Fame? <laughs> you know that Gale Sears follows me on Twitter? Is that right? Is that like – did I just name drop a Twitter uh, yeah, follow? I'm going to have to pick that name up because you just dropped it off a mountain. Yes, yes. Gale Sears, Hall of Famer, yards per carry, 5.0 for his career, and he follows me on Twitter. And I know who, who he is even though he was born – before 1962. Well, we, 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 since we're in the humble brag portion of the uh, podcast, uh, you haven't plugged your book yet. Uh, how's the, how are the book sales doing? Thank you, Adam Beasley. I do appreciate you, uh, <laughs> you mentioning 100 things Dolphins fans should know and do before they die. I, I, uh, it comes out September 8th. It is available on Amazon right now. And at Triumph Books, so thank you very much for mentioning that. No problem. It's uh, have you have you gotten your copy? I did. I, I you know uh, since we, uh, we we saw each other in passing yesterday for the first time in seven months. Yes. Um, and, and I should have brought the book because I want you to sign it for me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I, I it would it would mean a lot if there is a nice inscription to say, saying you know to uh, the star of the show Adam Beasley. Uh, I dedicate this book to you. Yes, yes, and that is exactly how I'm going to uh, sign it for you. <laughs> are we going to be Are we going to be able to get to uh, New England and Patriots place together? Is that going to happen? Uh, you'll be happy to know that I am now flying into Boston, per your suggestion. Um, I am staying, I believe, at your hotel. So, so uh, as long as uh, there isn't three feet of snow on the ground, we'll be there. Well, it's September 13th, so uh, that would be all sorts of raucous weather that we've not ever experienced, but it is 2020, so that's a possibility. I, 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 I've been told that to expect to travel, uh, I don't know what that experience is going to be like when we're there, but uh, I, I got a pretty good feeling you're going to write a, a good account of, uh, of, of what the day is like. My God. My God. It's just so weird. I can't believe there's a game in two weeks. That's what blows my mind. There's a game in two and a half weeks, and, and, and yeah, we're still talking about, hey, are we traveling? <laughs> are we going to be there? I asked uh, a Dolphin employee today, so do you know, are you aware what the Patriots' uh, press box uh, situation is, what their rules are, if, if more than one person per outlet is allowed? And nobody knows. Mm. Nobody mm. knows. It's, we're we're flying by the seat of our pants over here. I, I bet that there will be a lot of outdoor seating, which in Foxborough is fine in September, not so fine in December. <laughs> the last game of the season, I believe, is January second this year. I hope I hope the Patriots don't have a, a home game if they they're seating people outside. Well, I hope the Bills don't seat anybody outside because the last game for the Dolphins this year is in Buffalo. Oh yeah. Oh, so, so there's that. Hey, so I gave everybody Mac Hollins as my dark horse uh, to make this team. Give me a name representing your family and its long history of wonderfulness. Oh, does it have to be a receiver or it can be any position? No, any position. Oh, that's a great, great question. I mean, it's got to be Nate Holly, right? 
And not not because we've seen great things that haven't been out of practice, but because the Dolphins won a bidding war for the guy three weeks before the season starts. Ex-CFL player, he sounds like he's going to be a tweener, maybe a safety, maybe a linebacker, maybe a special teams player. Uh, the fact that the Dolphins, and I think there's a bit of news we can get to in a second, but the fact that the Dolphins picked Nate Holly sight unseen, well, not sight unseen, he did have a tryout, but, you know, over a guy they invested a fifth-round pick in, and Curtis Weaver, who they cut, by the way, and, and by the way, he is gone for good. The Browns have claimed pass rusher Curtis Weaver off waivers. So the Dolphins used a fifth-round draft pick on a guy that was there for all of five practices. I don't miss him. <laughs> I thought he was, I, I'm sorry. I just don't miss him. I'm, I mean, I didn't see anything. I didn't, just didn't. It, he's kind of a – he's a guy that needs to change his body. He looks like me a little bit, except bigger and stronger and faster and younger. But otherwise, he looks like me. He's kind of chubby. He's kind of pudgy. You would That's you would agree you would agree, however, that five practice five padded practice that a fifth round pick is a horrible return of investment. Sure, I, I agree, and it's not. But what else are they going to do? Uh, well, they could have carried him to week one, right? I think that's the rule. If you carry him to week one and you can put him on on IR, the rules might be a little different this year. But since he was a uh, was invested, he was in his you know first three years. Uh, the Dolphins couldn't put him straight on IR if they, if they designated him right now. So Flo essentially telegraphed to us today that he wasn't good enough for them to carry on their roster for another two and a half weeks. What does that tell you? It tells you I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you that I wasn't impressed and he's kind of looks like me except bigger. So, uh, and he's a project on top of that, right? He's right, a project. But that's what that's what you get in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. You're you're not getting you're not getting. Oh no! You're you know what you're getting? You're getting the Fergusons of the world to snap the football. You're getting the Malcolm Perrys of the world to play seven different positions, and you're getting the Curtis Weavers of the world who had a million sacks in a mountain the Mountain West, but maybe needs to hit, get on the peloton. Or the Zach Thomases of the world, or the Brian Coxes of the world. You would you would agree that those are the exceptions, though, right? The, uh, by and large, round one is where the best players in the NFL come from. Now you fill out your roster with five, six, seven undrafted guys. That's for sure. But but the Zach the, the Zach Thomases of the world usually don't come in the third day. Um. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, okay. Rashad Jones, fifth round. There are definitely exceptions, but I mean, if if you look at the Dolphins, and the Dolphins haven't been the best drafting teams in the NFL. But if you look at them, the last ten years, there are a lot more guys that 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 pan out after one or two training camps than you get Rashad Joneses. That's fair, but you know, still, you know, I'm still. You, you don't just blow away the. You don't just. You know, it doesn't matter. It matters. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why it was surprising to me that they gave up so quick. Devon Godshaw, what round was he in? Uh, He was a third-day pick. I don't know the exact round. Okay. All right. Jakeem Grant, seventh round? Sixth round. Okay. Even better for me. (laughs) Jay Ajay, fifth round. There. Would you agree with that? Hello? 
Are you there? What was that? I don't know. It sounds like the <laughs> it sounds like the Brinks truck is backing up to offer us a new gear for our uh, for our podcast. Well, I think that uh, that signals something to us, doesn't it? <laughs> time to cash in. Uh, time to go. Oh crap! This is not working so good for us. This is it's doing it again, isn't it? Hello. Wow. Yeah, I think I, I think we should call it a day. How about you? I I agree with you. I think this is over. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid well, now. Well, so. um, check back next week, sports fans, to see if Armando and I have been abducted by <laughs> if people in masks pulling up, backing up to our driveway in, in in a Mack truck. Maybe it's my wife trying to signal me to come to dinner or something. I don't know. Hey, babe. Well, yeah, well, I'll see you there in a sec. All right. Hey, babe, come eat dinner. Hey, you know who's coming over for dinner tonight, Beasley? Who's that? Ray Maluga. Oh, and the streak continues. This is the tradition like no other. See you next week, Dolphins fans.